Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a certified brand strategist and business coach. You might be wondering, why the second phase? The second phase may be a change in careers and learning how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship, a significant lifestyle change, going from stay-at-home parent to starting a business, a traumatic loss, a move, or an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition, you are here to discover your second phase. Learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact to grow as your authentic selves and follow your callings, values, visions, and passions, and to learn how to build a solid foundation for long-term brand and business success. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. You ready to learn? Grab your coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Second Phase Podcast. I am really excited to bring a very special guest to you today from the UK, and she is wonderful, enlightening, inspiring, and just a beautiful human being, and I'm excited to share her and her knowledge with you. So as we start our businesses, a lot of times it's really hard to dive into what it is we're going to sell. What is that key offer that we're going to create that is going to help us build a business, have steady income and climb our way to success? And that is what we are going to talk about today. So if you have been struggling with creating an offer, coming up with pricing or trying to decide what it is you want to sell and what service you want to provide for your audience, we are going to answer all those questions today. So without any further ado, Meg Roundell-Green, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Thank you so much, Robin. It's so nice to be here and yeah, really excited to have this conversation. It's my jam. I love talking about this. Well, let's dive right in. I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about you, what your backstory is. I know it, but I know they don't know it yet unless they follow you already. So please share a little bit about your journey from your first phase into your second phase, because everything you did previously has led you to the expertise and the service that you offer your clients. Yeah, of course. I'd love to. Yeah, I guess my first phase, I love this, is very much kind of building my corporate career in marketing, advertising and communication. So my background is working for publishing companies and tech and really helping people to understand their marketing, branding, how to be in the world to get customers for big corporates. That's kind of what I did in my career with a little bit of dilly-dallying around as you do in your 20s. I did some other things that were totally unconnected, like training to be a chef, (laughs) which is just something fun. Um, But I kind of very much got to a stage in my corporate career, which I loved, absolutely adored, you know, working Um, for some amazing companies and magazine brands and at LinkedIn most recently. But I just needed that switch. I needed to kind of focus on my family because I had small kids and growing a family and being in a very high powered tech company was quite challenging at the time. So yeah, I shifted and started my second phase, which is helping women in business to really understand 
their market, really understand what they're building and go to market successfully and be really profitable because I see this as the biggest challenge. And I know that men may have these challenges too, but I feel like women have a different set of these challenges. So I'm really passionate about helping them to succeed. You know, it's funny that you brought that up because we don't talk a lot about men on this show. (laughs) And um, I've had a couple guests, you know, talk about relationships and different things like that. But do you think that the number of entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs is increasing over the number of male entrepreneurs? I'm just curious. I think it is. I actually looked this up the other day because I wanted to have some background on this for one of my social media posts. And I think the number of female entrepreneurs is outstripped the number of male entrepreneurs in terms of new companies started. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. I feel like, especially in the last two years, as we've been reacting to different shifts in the world, everything's changing. The workplace has changed so much. More and more women have been affected and more starting businesses, which I think is a massively good thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree. And, And that's what I'm seeing too. And I think that, you know, as we talk about, you know, creating offers, I think it's really important because a lot of times we dive into something, but we're not quite sure the direction we're going to go. We know we have a skill set, but we're not sure how to put that into something we can actually sell and come from a place of service to help other people. So I love your story and how you've created your business. And I love your story too, because if you go back listeners and listen to her podcast, Owning It, she tells the story of her journey of leaving her corporate job, why she left her corporate job, you know, to be with her family, but her journey of starting her business, creating her website, sending it out to people that she knew and trusted for feedback, and then really learning and discovering what a personal brand is and recreating her website and everything. It's a, it's a fascinating story. And it, of course, I loved it because it's so much, it's so similar to my journey and why I do what I do today. So I think between the two of us, we've we've had those experiences where we were like, okay, this is what I'm going to do, but we didn't know where to start. We did it, and it was like, oh no, this is not good. And then we had to redo it, and you know, really push forward that way and learn and learn and learn as we go. So, huge bonus for people to be able to learn from you and your experiences, and and me and my experiences. And I think you know those are how we created our packages. So now and and the services we provide. So let's dive into this. Let's talk about what we need to think about, to do, to act on, to be able to create offers that are going to sustain our businesses long-term. Yeah, I love this. And it's such a good topic because this is not something people think about when they start their business. Like this is the kind of oh, now I need something to sell. (laughs) They're like, we start with, and I know I certainly started with big vision, big mission, big like going for it. I'm so passionate about this. And then it was kind of a secondary thought like, hang on, how is this going to (laughs) happen? You know, what do I, what am I going to package? How am I going to create something that people want? And this is such an interesting topic because we think we know what people want until we go and try and sell it essentially. And then this is what I see so many of my clients doing before they work with me. And maybe you've had this experience of going away, hiding in a corner, creating a beautiful course for three months, taking it to market, and then nobody buys it. And there's a reason that happens is because you're doing it the wrong way around. It's really hard to create in a bubble. And it's really hard to create that in a bubble and then just 
come with the finished product and expect that to be something people need. So there's so much that goes into crafting an offer. And I think the main thing for me, the the number one thing is your offer is your vehicle for your success. So really being mindful about what you're creating is going to serve you in the long term. Like there's is no point just going to market with something that you've thrown together because you think that it's better to sell something than nothing. And in many cases, it is better to sell something than nothing, but you need to have had that strategy planned out and to be really thoughtful about it. Because if you're growing a long-term business, you need to be thinking about the price point. Is that going to serve me? Is that going to serve my customers? Is it me putting my best foot forward, essentially? I borrowed this from somebody else, this kind of this mentality of if you're going to market with something, let's put your best foot forward. Let's make sure it's the thing that's going to see the biggest possible result for your customer and give you the biggest possible reward. And I love this idea. So that's kind of how I approach creating offers. So when you're working with your clients and you're working with them to help them create an offer, are there certain steps you take? Are there certain exercises you do to really hone in on where their expertise is and what they could offer effectively? Or do you do market research first with the followers they already have? Because I'm thinking if you're a new person in the entrepreneur world, you don't really have an audience to do market research with. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think that's such a good question. So And interestingly, no, I don't do a ton of market research. So if my clients come to me and they want to create a new offer, they may have a small audience, they may have no audience, then I would urge them to ask themselves three questions first. Number one, what is the biggest problem that my current client or my ideal client, they may not have any of these already, that's fine. But you know, they will have done some work around their ideal client and who they want to serve, preferably. And if you haven't done that, then that's, you can do market research on that, you know, go and do that kind of ideal client work first. But what is the biggest problem they need solving? That's a really important question, because when you have a match with the biggest problem that they have, that they know they have, they have to be aware that they have the problem as well. Um, And it has to be big enough that they want to spend money on changing it. It has to be big enough that they're going to spend time and commitment and energy to kind of get that result. Um, Secondarily, what I ask my clients to think about is if I could only work with, you know, people who would get the best results from working with me, who would they be? Mm. So that's slightly different question from your ideal client, because when you're in that first phase of business, you could kind of serve quite a few people who are outside of your ideal client you know, your super ideal client um, remit. But as you grow and as you kind of, you're more focused on your offer, you really want to to set a reputation of your offers to really work. You want to be very choosy about who you work with to make sure that your results are really, really high for them. I really, really love that because I think a lot of people get into the rut when they first start out. And I was guilty of this, like, oh, I'll take every client and I'll, you know, just serve everybody just so that I have money coming in and I'm, and I'm growing. And I mean, that was 10 years ago. I learned very quickly that, oh my gosh, this does not fuel me. And when you're not directing your energy towards those people that can benefit from you most, you're not helping anybody. So I think that's really key. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. And it's it's really hard to do, especially in that first phase, because the temptation and I actually what I do tell my clients is like, if you haven't made 50K yet in your business, 
go ahead and serve as many people as you can, because that in itself will help you understand yourself better and your ideal client better Uh and who you really want to be serving. It's kind of painful, (laughs) as you've probably experienced, um, but it does really help. And then the third thing with creating that offer is what is the result that your ideal client, your most ideal client, for sure, the person that you can help for the first phase what is the result that they are so desperate to get? What's the thing that that's keeping them up at night, that they're talking to their friends around, that they're saying like, if only I could, dot, dot, dot. Wouldn't it be great if, dot, dot, dot. What is that thing? And that's kind of the fundamental building blocks of creating an offer. And there's so much that goes into like, you know, a limited availability and how you position and how you package. But those I feel are like the core fundamentals, like making sure you've got something people need really important and most important of all because it's so tempting to go away and do this and just think I'm going to go and craft an offer but you you have to do it as you go you have to make offers to people and then hear a lot of people telling you no to figure out where you need to change it essentially which is really scary if you're kind of unsure of it but it's the only way to get really good clarity on whether this is something you can really sell and really scale with. Ooh, I love that. So you learn from people telling you no. Mm-hmm. So those no's are not failures. Those no's are not mistakes. Those no's are opportunities to discover clarity and how you can really fine tune your offer. Now, when you're working with people and you're mapping out their offer or helping them go through these first you know, three strategic steps, how do you help them identify that key thing that they're an expert at or that they're really, truly skilled at? Because I think sometimes we get overwhelmed with everything we know we can do. And it's really hard to, and I guess this is where like, there's so much controversy over niching down and, you know, should you niche down or are you limiting yourself and so on and so forth. But I think you have to start with something. And is there an exercise that you have your clients work through to discover what that one key expertise is that is really going to knock the socks off of their, the people that need a service? You've all heard me talk about the necessity to build a solid foundation for your business in order to have long-term success. As an entrepreneur, The core of that foundation is having a personal brand. So how much do you know about personal branding? Are you ready to find out? Just head over to therobingraham.com forward slash resources and take the personal brand IQ quiz. After you take the quiz and submit your answers, you'll have an opportunity to not only get your results, but to ask me any of your personal brand and business specific questions. I cannot wait to see what your results are. And even more important, I can't wait to have your questions come in so that I can help you grow your personal brand and that solid foundation for long-term success. Yeah, I love that. It's a really interesting question because you're so right. People do just think I can do so much and I will do so much. And in fact, I can add this bit and I can add this. A good exercise to do, and this is kind of totally borrowing this from Dan Sullivan, the zone of genius, but it's how you find your zone of genius, i.e. the thing you're best at doing, the skill set that you love to do, that is easy for you to do, and that you're always getting better at doing and enjoying developing. Like those are the the ways I think about it. And it's the thing that is going to 
provide most value to the people that you want to serve. Those are the kind of the filters that I use. If it's something I could do, but I really don't enjoy it, I don't tend to do it or recommend my clients do it because it's going to be draining. It may make them money, but I'm not sure if it's going to be worth their energy and what it actually means for them to do. So I think enjoyment, fulfillment, and results, just identifying that. And it could be different for everybody. I've had a client who can do a lot of different things as she's actually in book publishing and helping people to get their books published. She can do tons of things. She doesn't enjoy doing them all. So we kind of had to go through an exercise of, in fact, what's the bit you love the most? Where do your clients ask you for the help the most? Where do you give the most free advice? That's another really good tip. If your friends are always asking you for advice on something, what is that thing? Because that may be a really good opening for you to understand your key skill, but it's been so close you couldn't see it. Oh, I love that. That's excellent. Yeah. Because how many times do people say to us, can I pick your brain? Always. And you're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how we don't realize Like I had never sat and thought about that. Like, what is it that people actually ask me most often? I love that. That's fantastic. Okay, listeners, that's your homework. Like (laughs) sit down and do that exercise because I think that's really empowering to identify where your skills are. But I think mirroring that with or marrying that with those things that you enjoy versus don't enjoy doing. Because I know I've caught myself thinking or, or offering something and then I'm thinking, why did I just say that? I don't like to do that. (laughs) Yeah, I've definitely done this so many times as well. And I can see that it can become a cycle because then you get known for something and you have to kind of feel like you have to keep doing it because people want it. And you're like, there's no reason you get to choose how you spend your time. And in fact, when you're in that very small sliver of excellence, it's so much more fun and your clients will get so much better in terms of their results and their value from you because the energy that you're coming to it is so much more lighter and more enjoyable for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I agree completely. Okay. So let's talk about now we have the basics for coming up with an offer, things that we can do, go through to really establish what's going to be best for everyone, for our clients, for us, and creating it so that people will recognize that this is the answer to their problem. So how do we price this? So I have a couple of different thoughts on this. In fact, I'm such a strong believer that you have to feel really aligned with your price. So wherever you're coming into this, if you're a new entrepreneur and you've never sold anything, pricing something for its value is going to seem very challenging for you. It's going to be very difficult for you to come to market with, say, I'm just using an example like a 90-day program or, you know, some kind of a course and charge $10,000. That's going to feel like a huge jump, even though the value could be there. So I find like laddering your way up is a really nice way of getting to a price that works for you. So the way I like to think about value is as long as what I'm delivering is at least 10 times the value of what I'm charging, I'm good. So that is, and that's a slideable scale for you. So if you know that you have something that's worth at least 3,000, charge 300. As long as you feel good about it, there's no rule, essentially. Price intelligently for your marketplace, know your clients, but just be conscious that in an offer, there's three things that can happen. Like it's the wrong person, it's the wrong offer, or it's the wrong price. 
And it's just figuring out which one is the wrong one, why somebody said no. That's all it comes down to. So it's never about you. It's never about this is too expensive. I think we go into this, well, five people said no. So clearly the price is wrong. I need to bring my price down. It's just not enough data (laughs) to go on to set your price. Your price should be something that you're very confident with and that you don't change unless it's a total mismatch. That's a really interesting concept. So the value is 10 times what you charge. So it's like underselling, over-delivering or under-promising, over-delivering every single time. But then if you start so low and the value is really so high, are you undercutting yourself? And are you decreasing the perception that other people have in the value you're going to provide? Hmm, interesting. So. That's the way that I kind of align myself. And I have a really premium price program. So in my eyes, like as long as I know I'm delivering way more value, uh-huh. I feel really good about my price. Does that make sense? Maybe yeah. that's just my own story. <laughs> that I'm, uh, no, um, I, I agree. And I, I, because I'm the same way. I mean, my coaching package is, it's a high ticket offer, but the value that people are getting, you know, to be able to, to establish their business and hit the ground running and be able to get clients in six months and get their ROI. I think, do you factor ROI into the equation? Because I yeah. think that's also, you know, if your client's going to have their return on investment very quickly, then it's almost a no brainer that the value has been proven straight out of the gate. Yeah, totally. And I think feeling really aligned with your price is the important part for me. And when I'm, when my clients are asking me, you know, what should I price something at? It's such a difficult question because I don't have the answer. <laughs> Essentially, I can't say to them, you should price it at this because it has to come from you and you have to feel great about mm-hmm. it. So whether you have a mini offer or a, like an entry level or, a, you know, something at the beginning of your, your more accessible price point, all the way up to your highest ticket offer, always price for value, not for time. That's another one because I see this, people go into this like, oh, it's going to take me five hours to do this and 10 hours to do this. So I'm going to price it at this amount because my hourly rate is X dollars. I never price on that basis. I always price on the value and the ROI potentially for that person. If they do all the things, if they put all the work into action, this is the result. And then kind of price backwards from there. Yeah, I love that. Then, so what do you do? Like, is there a mindset exercise you do with your clients around pricing? Because I'm thinking to myself, time is our greatest commodity. I mean, that is our best, biggest asset and the one that we are so limited with. And so I'm guessing that people struggle with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so a mindset around pricing for value, it's definitely a shift. And it, I wouldn't say there's an exercise so much as just a real kind of transition. When you start coaching um, and having a business coach, and I just recommend to everybody listening, if you're not working with Robin or anyone else, work with somebody, <laughs> get, get a business coach, feed yes. your business feed your business because it's so important. But anyway, that little pitch aside, when you start coaching with someone who can give you an outside perspective on your thinking around pricing, it's really illuminating because you can then uncover the beliefs you've had about pricing. And the belief, the common belief is people won't pay. I won't be able to sell it at that price. 
This is what I hear all the time from my clients. I want to price it at this, but I won't be able to sell it. And it's just challenging that thought. And it's a continuous process of understanding that thought. Where's that thought coming from? Where's the evidence to support that? Uh Oh my gosh. I love that. And I agree 100%. I love, love, love my coach. And you know, I say that from a business perspective, like having that accountability partner, I should say, but having someone to bounce things off of. And it's amazing the different perspectives, like even you and I talking here and our perspectives on pricing, like you've just brought some enlightening things to me. And, and, you know, my question about the value versus the, what was the question I even had? I don't remember, but (laughs) it's one of those mornings, but you know, just the different way that people think and how you can present something to someone and they can say to you, well, have you thought about it this way? So, okay. Huge plug for coaching. Yes. Agree. 100% hire me, hire Meg, hire someone, but get that help you need so that you have an educated perspective and not just a friend or family member who's not an entrepreneur and doesn't understand what you're doing. You need someone who has walked the walk and can talk the talk. So very important. So back to, you know, pricing and value, I think an exercise you can do too is, and you may have seen this on, you know, when people offer masterclasses and they're selling their offers and things like that, where they break out the pricing of what something would be valued at, like they're offering it for $27.99, but there are like 10 things that you're going to get out of that masterclass. And the value is actually $5,000, but list out every single thing that you're going to offer and then put a price tag on that. And then I love how you did describe that as, you know, make sure the value is 10 times more. You're never going to feel guilty about what you're charging. Yeah, really good. And I love that you mentioned this kind of the stacking is such an important part of offers. So coming back to kind of like what an offer actually is as well, because I feel sometimes people get confused with their programs being their offer. It's not. The offer is like the invitation. The offer is the how you present and bundle your awesome expertise with a limited time or some kind of other container so that people can buy it. And your program is what you deliver. So I feel like there needs to be that distinction because oftentimes I see people just say, well, I just have this course and that's the offer. But an offer is how you wrap it. It's how you wrap it up in a bow to make it really enticing and really juicy for someone to open and be like, I need this right now. Ooh, I love that you just broke that down like that. That's fabulous. I mean, if you're going to take anything away today, take that away because that that's huge. Yeah. And it's taken me time to get my head around this as well, because it's quite a subtle distinction. But when you're going to market, just be aware that you need to have some kind of way of standing out and making what you have the most attractive and most relevant and most timely thing. And it's all about the timing as well. So yeah, there's so much that goes into this crafting an offer that you can't just kind of slap things together and expect them to sell, which is To be honest, what I did within the first six months of my business, I just kind of smushed some things together and thought that people would buy them and they just did not. Mm -hmm. Because you didn't have the clarity that you needed. Yeah. And if we don't have clarity, our audience isn't going to have clarity. And without clarity, there's no confidence. There's no trust. Yeah. I love that. So just to wrap up, I think, you know, some of the really key points are, you know, answer those three questions about the biggest problem that your ideal client has 
first, even before that, identify who that audience is. And then what, if you could work for the people, who are those people that you're really, truly going to help that they're going to benefit from you? And then the third was the result. What is the result that you're going to provide? And then you can wrap that up in a nice little bow, but create the program. Once they walk into the door, they they accept your offer. What is that program that you're going to provide? And then that's where your pricing comes in yes. is all the value that you're going to provide within that program. So excellent. Meg, this was fabulous. I am so oh, glad that this is the conversation we had of all the things we could have <laughs> talked about. I think this is one that we haven't talked about on the show before, and this one has so much value in it. So thank you so much. Where can the listeners learn more about you, connect with you, follow you, maybe even hire you? Yeah, absolutely. The best place to find me is on Facebook. So just search for Meg Roundel Green. It is spelled R-O-U-N-D-E-L-L and then green with an E at the end. Um, All my information is there and just send me a DM. I'm very accessible and very chatty. So you can just pop me a hello. And I've actually got a free premium sales workshop next week. At the time this comes out, this may have gone, but I always have free training. So if you connect with me, then I can invite you to the next one. Oh, that's fabulous. All right, everybody, you now know where to find her and I will put her links in the show notes so you'll be able to access her very easily. So with that, thank you for being here. And I am very grateful for you sharing your expertise with us. Thanks so much. Wow. That was such a great conversation. I am so grateful that Meg joined me and I hope you guys found value in how you can go through these steps to create an effective offer that's not only going to serve your audience, but fuel you at the same time so that everybody's happy. If you know anyone else who is interested in starting a business, creating an offer, please share this episode. I think it has so much value and could really help someone. If you're looking for additional expertise, there is a plethora of information in the podcast, as well as live trainings in the Facebook group, the Female Entrepreneur Insider. And I welcome you to join us there. Have a beautiful day. And that's a wrap friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. If you know someone who could use the information shared today, please share the episode with them too. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Lastly, if you'd like more information on personal branding and brand marketing strategies, be sure to join my email list and the Female Entrepreneur Insider Facebook group. We are there every week with tips and trainings to help you build a solid foundation for brand and business success. And don't forget, on the website, you can find a plethora of free resources. Go to therobingraham.com forward slash resources and download any of the free resources that I have created to help you build a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact. Until next time, remember to smile.